Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I am the keeper of arcane lore, and this is episode 50. We are back to the 1920s, and our recap will be given by Keith Craig as his character, Gunter Block. But before we begin, we do have a new patron, uh, Aldrich. Uh, has pledged 10 euros a month to our club. Thank you so much, Aldrich. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Keith. Thank you. From the Journal of Gunter Block. The religious are wrong. There is no loving God. No God that cared about humanity would allow such abominations as Dr. Balansada created. No loving God would treat the Christian soldiers of Rome that we read about the way they were treated. I've come to these conclusions through this uh, horrid investigation that that I've journeyed on. After tracking down da Dr. Belensada to his compound in the woods, we decided that we needed to uh, get in and get the knife back, get the knife from him. We snuck into the compound, climbing over the wall. We were avoiding the guards, who were on a regular and predictable patrol. I unfortunately made some noise as I uh, hopped down from the wall as this damn-injured leg of mine just is getting worse and worse. As uh, Thurston and I entered the office via a window, we looked around, and I found an ornate knife. However, we concluded it was just a, a letter opener. But we did find a set of keys to the buildings uh, in the compound. The others made friend with some pig-sheep combination. It came over to investigate what the noise I had made, but it took a liking to Dr. Kerr's. We then decided that we couldn't make it over to the laboratory with, without being seen, so we thought we'd go over to the guardhouse. We creeped over there and surprised the guard that was inside and tied him up and took the, took their weapons. The other guards came in to, to check what the noise was, and we also captured them. The guards maintained that Dr. Belensada is a good man and that he's doing good work, and he's helping the amputees from the war. He's, he's putting the animal arms on, onto them so that they can walk again. I some I I can sympathize with them and understand, but then they're cast out from society. So is he really helping them, or is he just setting them even further apart? Guards claim that the doctor says that he's going to be able to move from animal parts to grafting human limbs on them to heal the injured. I can't abide the abide this. As we made our way to the laboratory, the brothers, Brotherhood of the Skin arrived, fully armed. We set up an ambush as they crashed through the, through the gate. We, we took down three of the cult, cultists with shotgun blasts and a well-placed sh rifle shot by Thurston. However, the remaining cultists sh shot me in the shoulder. I don't know who, who was looking down on me, but I, I was lucky. It hit my... Uh, my handcuffs, my stage prop handcuffs, instead of piercing my heart, knocked me down. And when I woke up, Thurston was was bent over me, helping me, helping staunch the blood, and keep and keeping me alive. 
Inside the lab, Dr. Bellinsada was working on another one of his abominations. Some mix-up of antlers, tiger fangs, human arms, a horse's half, and hands made up of tentacles. Again, no god would allow such a thing to exist. Dr. Kurz and Dr. Neruda convinced the doctor that he was wrong. They pointed out that, that his obsession had led to him killing his friend. In time, Dr. Belsada seemed to snap out of it. He cast the knife across the room, and Dr. Kurz picked it up. Then Dr. Belsada took his pistol and started euthanizing all his creations, and then turned the gun on himself. We decided to throw everything into the uh, incinerator and burn burn it all. Dr. Kurz keeps wanting to use the knife to help cure the wound wound in my shoulder. He says that what he says some someone makes sense that it was able to heal heal able to graft on uh, limbs to to people it would heal heal the wound. I might allow it because I'm in so such pain on the left hand side of my body, my. T- my arms, my legs, this damn damn simulacrum is wearing me down. So we sit down on the train. Train we read from the Naruto of Tilius Corvus, and read about the doom that befell the soldiers of God. Headed into Belgrade this morning, according to doc, to Professor Smythe, we should look for a Doctor Todorovich at the museum. All right. If you like, you could still have maybe an hour. You you uh, um, you're served breakfast, uh, which of course on the Orient Express is delicious, fabulous. Um, but you have some time if you want to discuss the Narratio de Tellius Corvus before you arrive in Belgrade. Hmm. I'm curious about the discrepancies between the different descriptions. If we assume, as I think we must, that the porcelain figure in the narratio is a stage of the simulacrum, has it changed over time to become armor for in one instance or individual solid parts as we see them? Must have been mm. broken up at some point. I mean, I I think it it would have had to. I mean, we've seen it somewhat change when it's in our possession. The the arm that Dorian carries, at times it looks like his arm, and other times it looks more like Thurston's or my arm. Indeed, these are perception. Uh, issues of perception, however, whereas the fellow on the horse in the one narrative was wearing something on his person. There was a man inside, was there not? And the things we bear seem to be solid objects, though lightweight. The the narrative of the Roman soldiers, there was a statue trapped in a cage in stalactites, stalagmites. No. The creature the sorcerer will only shed his own skin 
he wasn't wearing the simulacrum like armor as in the um crusade narrative yeah i wondered if the statue that was uh, embedded in the stone of the cave i thought was some primitive stage of the simulacrum and the the murderous entity that took over Tilius Corvus, I assumed went and released it somehow and took possession of it. It's hard. Somebody, These stories are inconsistent. It's there's. I mean, it was in a cave, and then it ended up by the time of the Crusades in the hands of Sedefkar. So Sedefkar is credited with its creation, but it seems to have predated him by quite a significant amount of time or he fashioned something or the cult fashioned something there seem to be stages well the cult of the skinless one doesn't seem to exist until well it's existed in various forms that yeah, change with leadership and but Zedefkar seemed to be operating in isolation, and so did the um, the German Vi the Viscount, who was actually the leper from the Crusades, seemed to be operating independently. We don't know what's become of this vampiric um, Tilius Corvus, um, who feasted upon his barge hmm. uh, my I trying to um, link these ancient and somewhat inconsistent narratives I assumed that the entity who worshipped the skinless one who entered Tilius Corvus in that spray of blood continued to operate a, a new cult of the skinless one that was eventually the one that uh the cult that was battled uh with the figure in the suit of armor at the fountain i assume it's the cult is continuous and these these pieces of a body that are unnatural well, we, there's, are a, there's a there's a difficult there seems to be two streams here's the problem with that with the hypothesis that Tilius Corvus got the uh, simulacrum and then carried on the cult because in the crusade narrative there was a Venetian cult looking for Sedefkar and the simulacrum they were separate mm -hmm. Sedefkar had that and was working alone but if Tilius had gotten the statue and that was his cult how did Sedefkar get a hold of the simulacrum to begin with and and what of the leper who the, escaped the cult has it? been desperate to the cult is still trying to find it if they yeah. had been in league with the viscount they would have known they would have known where to start looking mm -hmm. i think i think the the modern form and its protoforms in the era of the Crusades, they have been searching for this simulacrum for all this time, and they've never been able to find it because it's been in the hands of third parties. 
mal maligned third parties, but separate from the cult itself. I don't think the Viscount was a member of the cult. I don't think Zedefkar was either. They may have worshipped the same entity, but not in the same religious body. Hmm. Yeah, so in a sense, there are always skinless cults, and there are always entities that they are hunting because they wish to combine this thing. Maybe their god, this is his unskinned flesh. It seems, I mean, it's, I mean, this goes beyond a powerful, I mean, this is a very powerful, very real, magical icon. It's not merely a symbolic representation of the god, but I think it is, it is connected with whatever entity it is that they worship directly. And I think you have multiple, it's like multiple religious sects. It's you know, multiple denominations of, say, Christians trying to get the same relic. You know, they all want the same knuckle of a saint. But in this case, it's multiple sects of this um, esoteric evil entity. And they all, in their own way, use this item this simulacrum as part of their religious or other magical practices and they all compete for it they all want it or they're individuals who had it and were acting alone for their own i mean the viscount yes he was reveling in debauchery he wasn't spreading the influence this yeah. collector that we've encountered back um the jigsaw prince fellow he's into he's interested in collect he wants it just for his collection Absolutely. there are multiple there are multiple parties interested in the simulacrum for different reasons some are more connected with the cult than others but i do believe that tilius corvus sidefkar and the viscount were all three independent individuals yes. who had control of the simulacrum at one time maybe yes. and that the cult is a separate stream that survives independently of them that's the thing there's plenty of people with different motives all after the same thing as you say all being corrupted by the same thing and it's yes. manifesting in different ways with different individuals and groups which is why we need to get to the bottom of this quicker, as quickly as possible. Because for all we know, the closer we the closer we get through this journey, the more third parties are going to enter the equation. I also fear the more we collect pieces Indeed. together, the more they will draw others to us. Mm. And I may have misspoken. Um, uh our disappearing friend the duke was only interested in the scroll he may not know about the simulacrum's existence but i'm sure if he ever did learn of it <laughs> he'd want that too he'd want that yes. too and in his separate pieces uh they are always uh adored or worshipped or 
cared for, they consume people in one way or another, even when they are not combined to their full power. Indeed. I mean, yes, any single one of these in isolation is highly dangerous. I mean, think of all the people who died of consumption because the torso was lurking in their prop room in an opera house. Yes, but look what just having them around does to... We used to have phantom pain. And I guess, yeah, the difficulty is there is... There is no singular group in which we can direct our full attention. There are multiple parties Hmm. after us and after each other. Because again, and whatever has been following us has been killing cultists. So whatever that party is, I mean, that gar, I mean, I saw it was a gargoyle grotesque thing. Perhaps it is this Tilius Corvus after all these millenniums following us across Europe. The thing is, it's a free for all, it's a war, it's almost a uh, a hidden war for the simulacrum between multiple parties. Hmm. We just have to hope we well, and I mean, this knife, the um. The, uh, Sahis, or the uh, yeah, that has been used by different parties for different purposes mm-hmm. all this time. I mean, because I mean, I mean, this the mad doctor that we just got it from was using it for his surgical experimentation. He wasn't worshiping any skinless one. No. Well. We're not sure how it warps the mind. Maybe it, maybe they start getting the belief they can do some good with with it, and they start going down a very dark path. Maybe that dark path that they start going to leads to uh, more and more chaotic, destructive uh, end goal by whatever this simulacron is and the force that's behind it. Yes, and the problem is that the more pieces we get, the more attention we will draw to ourselves. There's only natural, we can't keep it hidden. People know about us, we've just got to be careful. Mm. So, but, you know, the concern that I have is once we have it, you know, what do we have? Two more pieces we theorize to get, one in, uh, one in Belgrade and one in uh, Sophia. Yes, we, have, we have the left arm, the torso, and both legs. Yeah. So, so they, we are missing. We are missing the right arm and the head. And the head, yeah. So, and uh, Professor Smythe believes that there is a piece in Belgrade and Sophia, but once we have it, you know, we don't even know how to damage it, much less destroy it. Well, we have we have a number of means at our disposal. Um, we first we need to find all the scrolls. Yeah. We also, I mean, we have the heart shaped ruby that we got from the dream world that Roland has. We have yeah. the knife. Mm-hmm. So once this whole thing is assembled, 
and we understand it more with the scrolls, then we could destroy it. But yes, the right arm and the head are still missing. Yeah. And I think the majority of the scrolls we have not yet read. No, yes, we only have that. the scroll of the head. Yeah. And Professor Smythe believed there was five scrolls. Yeah, there's the scroll of the body, legs, left hand, right hand that are still missing. Yeah, you found no clear clue where any of those might be. Yeah. Unfortunately, you probably think they could be in the back room of any museum across Europe. Did we fully translate the scroll we do have? Of the head? Yeah. I think that, um, what was his name? Um Ghost, the ghost guy from uh, from Tri- not from Trieste, from uh, Lausanne. Uh, yeah, he Lausanne. had had it translated. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we have the translation of it, and it's a insane, horrific document. Yeah, you know, it was not encouraging in its own right. Hmm. It suggested that there were rites and rituals of torture and bloodletting and all sorts of things to appease the simulacrum. It wasn't clear what you got out of doing that. Yeah. Good. Now, about your injuries, Bloch. Yes. I assume the medical services on the Orient Express are very good, even after they've had difficulties, but they don't have the capacities that the artifact we have retrieved has. But I agree that there's a degree of experimentation involved, so maybe we see how you heal, and if it continues, if it persists in troubling you. Mm Mm-hmm. We shall investigate further. Perhaps we could uh, do a simple experiment where we uh, just do a minor cut on a finger and try it there before we try an injury so close to my heart. I admit I have already been very tempted based on the doctor's experiments to see what... uh, a minor severing would feel like, but... Oh, I just thought maybe a paper cut. We could not sever a finger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a paper cut is perhaps too subtle, after all. They are unpleasant, mm-hmm. but they're all, is often not even blood. True. Uh, I'd like to proceed. <laughs> do you want to move ahead, or do you guys want to continue? Want to do some experiments, or a little apprehensive to do experiments with such? Uh... I must say, Thursby, I understand your uh, concern, and I've been careful about handling it as well, because as we have seen, there corrupting influence on these things. But as far as I can tell. It's uh, It does not seem to be of the same nature of this cursed... It seems to have a different 
background, if you will, like the heartstone. It seems to come from a different tradition or origin. I'm not sure that it is itself in any way corrupt. It seems, in fact, to me very much like a scientific instrument, as the doctor said, but clearly he was experiencing some derangement. So, Yeah, as, as, as wonderful as the promises of all of this dark magic has, I'm very apprehensive about going down any path that would embrace any of it for not knowing how the corruption will manifest we may not be aware of it manifesting within ourselves until it is too late or until it is too obvious for others to see it, this i'm just just putting it out there that this i don't know oh. if we should rush into this if if we have no other choice than perhaps but uh hmm. I appreciate that being conservative seems reasonable. I don't suspect, again, that this is uh, dark magic or magic at all, although what else it would be is unclear. Uh, if we, How is your pain, Gunther? Uh, as long as I don't lay on that side, I'm able to sleep but not a not a deep sleep my uh my left hip is constantly hurting from say uh, unfortunately the same location that i hit the poor uh clock clock tower clock keepers uh with the leg and i mean obviously my shoulder is uh hurting uh th thursby had to dig a bullet out of it You can make a nice necklace out of it if you like. That poor we'll... clock keeper. I still keep thinking about him um, every. Uh, yeah, the most unfortunate incident. So, uh, what reminds me? What uh, we know about uh, Belgrade? We have a name from Smythe to visit. We assume it's not another tomb. He probably only tries that joke once. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, doctor, uh, pull up my note here. Hey, uh, do, 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 Dr. Malovan Todorovic, it says he's the curator of the National Museum. That seems to, uh, bode a little bit better than, uh, just look yeah. for a person. So. And that's off of the advice, the tip of uh, Professor Smythe. Professor yeah. Smythe. Mm -hmm. right, I wonder well. what this knife could do for the scars he was given. The creatures that were operated on were very, it was very neat work. Hmm. I bet you this knife will be instrumental in the destruction of uh, the simulacron. I think that is its primary purpose, yeah. And I doubt we shall be able to take it back with us afterwards. It probably does not belong in human hands. Okay, if we've reached uh, that point, we can say that uh, your train starts to come into Belgrade. Uh, Belgrade is on the River Sava. Um, 
it has been described as the most destroyed city uh, in war of, of all time. Um, the Turkish word for it is the House of Wars or the City of Wars. Um, nevertheless, as you're pulling into it, it's actually quite a beautiful city. Lots of old European buildings, um, a cathedral that was damaged but has been repaired. Uh, it's quite a quite a beautiful thing sitting there on the uh, end of the uh, on the edge of the Sava River. Uh, of course, it was damaged during World War One, uh, the Great War, but it seems to have recovered pretty well. Um, it's nine o'clock as the train pulls into the station, and uh, the uh, the platform is a bustle with lots and lots of people going here and there. You're, you're not the only train that's pulling in about that time. Uh, there are other commuter trains and things like that that are pulling in. The platform is uh, just filled with people of all sorts of uh, international qualities. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll assume at this moment you are getting off the train. Uh, have you decided where you would like to stay? Or you're kind of off well, schedule at the moment, arriving. There's the Hotel Europa. Europa? The Hotel yeah. Moskva. Moskva. Mm. Or Petrograd. Mm-hmm. Well, the least... Uh... They're all fairly close to the station. Are they uh, and a half mile? I'd recommend one of the one of the more attended ones, not one of the out of the way ones, simply because of our our luggage, our very important pieces we need to keep tabs on. I would not feel safe with well, the. Uh, Rickety. Could, the, the, the Europa is the nicest of the hotels, I think. So. Yeah, and I like that uh, the Europa is the closest of the three hotels on in the uh, travel travel brochure. To it's the closest one to the museum, which is our first place we want to look. Uh, and I, I understand it also has a very nice indoor heated swimming pool as well. I thought you were hot enough. I thought you were hot all the time, Dave. You want to? Could be good uh, for your leg, though, Block. And I sort of like the fact that it suggests a more Western European approach than the Moskva or Petrograd. Let's all start right. there. All right. Yes. Sounds like a so as, plan. As you disembark, uh, you tell the you know tell the stewards where you want your uh, your stuff delivered which they do for you, fully secure. As you get off, you step onto the platform, and it's just crowds and crowds and crowds of people. And uh, uh, as you're walking along, there are uh, lots of uh, children. Uh, they're not, um, they're locals. Uh, they look like they're a bit on the, like halfway between regular children and street urchins. Um, 
they move forward. They start to crowd around you. They're speaking in Serbo-Croatian. You have no idea what they're saying, but they're obviously begging for money, wanting your change, um, giving you quite a bit of hassle in the process. Um, you also realize that, uh, that, that pickpockets are uh, a problem, so watch out. You can uh, do you can do spot hidden bowls to see if uh, you get yes. tricked. Here we go. Let's see how my eyes are today. Mm, regular success. Right, regular success. Can we verify? Uh, can anyone verify that it is Sunday, the twenty eighth of January, nineteen twenty three? It is Sunday, the twenty eighth. That in which case, narration. did you guys do your uh, your refresh rolls? Did, you, did we do those at the end of the last? We did those. We got a lot of, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, did any of you fail that spot hidden? I did. I did. Okay. 65 out of 55. I got a 92. Gee. Okay. Off to a good start. So as you guys are bustling through this, um, Theodore, you manage to feel a little hand go into one of your pockets. Um, but you can't exactly swing because there's so many people around you. Uh, Dr. Neruda, you don't, but all of a sudden in uh, coming I mean, in the crowd, there is a young man. He's looks like he's maybe 14. Um, he is well-dressed. And uh, like lightning, his hand comes down and snatches the arm of the child who has got his hand in your pocket, Theodore. And he snatches the other arm and he says, hey, you, no stealing like this. And he makes them drop whatever's in their hand, which might just be some pocket change. And uh, he says, get out of here. And they run. Uh, he is speaking English, but uh, he's, he's obviously from a local. And he says, gentlemen, you, you need to be much more careful. These these children are, are thieves. Thank you for your assistance. Can I help you with anything? I speak four languages. Oh. There's our uh, Theodore Thursby at your service. It's a pleasure. And uh, he says, my name is Dushan. Dushan, a pleasure to meet he you. Says, uh, he says, uh, do you have baggage? Do uh, do you need help? He's obviously also, you know, he's not a thief, but he's obviously looking to, you know, act like a porter, help you find your way in this crowd. That's how he makes his money. Um, do you have a place where you're staying? Do you have, you know, do, do you need any assistance? Well, I believe the uh, the staff of the Express is handling most of our luggage. But if you could direct us to the Hotel uh, Europa. The Hotel Europa? Um, I, I suppose that's a good enough hotel. Um, uh, if you wanted my recommendation, I'd say the Moskva. But uh, if you if the Europa is already chosen, then yes, I can take you there. I can show you along the way. 
Why would you recommend? What is, what is your one? name again? Doshan. Doshan. Why? Why would you recommend the other place, Doshan? Well, I can get you a deal there. Uh, get you a lower price. Uh, but uh, Europa's okay. Okay, thank you. In general, I like to arrive at the hotel where my luggage is rather than one that an artful dodger recommends. But uh, yeah. Well, if you change your mind, I could I could arrange to have your your luggage moved for you. Uh, um, how how old does this fellow seem? About well, about fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. He also seems to be making at least a little money because his clothes are pretty nice. He's in a little suit. Well, we may have need of your services if we if we might uh, hire you on as a guide. If you oh, would not, how far how far away have you come from? Are you staying long? Uh, would you like a tour of the city? Would you uh, Would you like me to show you the good places to eat? Um, do you like to go shopping? I know where the the, the Turkish bazaar is. All of the shopping it's very nice. I can get you the best deals at uh, at some of the the booths there. This is the kind of stuff that he's talking to you about as he's very eagerly escorting you to the uh, Europa. Yes, maybe we will discuss things like that, but we all, well, I, I speak for myself and hopefully the rest that we would like to settle first, my friend. Um, but yeah. uh, we would definitely, if we need a guide, we would definitely use you. You have been very kind to us. And there are many beautiful places I can take and show you the uh, the castle and the you know the, the the main places the churches and the 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 the, the garden of dreaming and uh, he goes on and on about very interesting things. Do you know where the the best rate in town is to exchange currency? Oh oh oh! I can do that for you. Um, uh, if we uh, if we head over here. Uh, we use uh, dinar as our uh, currency. Uh, Twenty-five dinar to the uh, the the English uh, silver. What's it called? Silver pound. Pound sterling. Pound sterling. Yes. Do you want to do that now? I can take you. Um, I I would be pretty versed in money exchanges because that's sort of what. A lot of my family does and keeps on yeah. top of it. Is that a pretty ridiculous rate, or well, it changes relevant? all the time. But in this case, that sounds about right. And of course, he tells you, if, "But but this is this is just like in a European city. If you want to use pounds sterling, they'll take that." Yeah. Uh, Doshan, um, I I know a little bit about the uh, uh, history and especially. In Europe and that, but the, I've never heard of the Garden of Dreaming. Did you say Garden oh, of Dreaming? Oh, that's that's a very important place. Uh, that's at the Kalamegdan uh, Fortress and Gardens. There is a hillside. It's very beautiful, and people say that uh, that it's a it's a place where you can uh, dream very vividly if you take a nap there. Mm. Huh. I'd never heard of it before, and I'd heard, I've heard of many big, big places in cities. So, never heard of it. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. glad to show you. Yes, we'll have if to you're here for some days, we can we can travel all around. I know Belgrade like the back of my hand. Lived here my whole life. Yes. Uh, once he get, I I'll tip I will I'll tip him, but <laughs> it's more of I probably give him a little bit more than I probably should, but just to keep him zipped for a little while because he's excellent idea. Chatting too much. Keep him on retainer. Um, he actually, uh, in the middle of the conversation with you, Dorian, he suddenly switches to Polish. Uh, because he says that he recognizes your accent, um, and he uh, does know a bit of Polish. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, well, your your accent is uh, nearly there. How long have I, I, you I keep working Polish on it? Uh, do Do you know Do you know Italian at all? Uh, my Italian's not so good. They say that by my my pronunciation is was horrible. Uh, it is all about uh, pronunciation. French and German, and uh, and you know Serbo-Croatian. Yeah, and obviously Polish. Uh, keep working on it. Uh, Polish is about pronunciation. And, uh, most languages are about pronunciation. Here is the Europa up here on the hill. See, uh, we're coming up to it now. And in, in 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 at the same time, you can see that the uh, the staff of the uh, Orient Express are unloading your luggage. And uh, he says, "Oh no, you've you've brought a lot of stuff with you. Um, is this is this a vacation across Europe? You're on the Orient Express. Um, yes, I can show you all the best places to go shopping." If you're looking for interesting things, um, not the silly souvenirs that people buy. Doshan, Doshan, Doshan. We definitely want to experience Belgrade while we're here, but we would like to settle down. Here is a little bit of money for you and a bit extra. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, if uh, if you want to arrange something, I can be back anytime you want. Uh, my regular fee is, is one... Uh, one pound sterling a day. I'm sure yeah. uh, we will, uh, after we find our own way around a bit, wish to see some of the things you know. Perhaps you will come uh, ask for uh, uh, Mr. Dobrovsky uh, at, uh, for lunch tomorrow. Yes. And then maybe Excellent. if we haven't found something else, this Garden of Dreaming seems like a place that, given our travels so far, would be worth our attention. Yes. Excellent. As you wish, I will uh, give you the the best tour and uh, the best places to eat for lunch. Um, what kind of food do you like? Do you want to taste I, our local cuisine? Yes, and yes, you know we're, you we're only off a number of restaurant names. <laughs> when 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 Dorian gives Doshan uh, a little sort of retainer fee. What's uh, what's Doshan's reaction? Does he seem like, oh, that's nice, or did he seem significant? He doesn't. Food? He doesn't actually look at the money that you give him. Um, it's almost as if that would be very impolite. Uh, he he takes it, thanks you, and puts it in his pocket without even looking at it. And they gave him extra, just to clarify. <laughs> 
He'll look at it later. <laughs> okay, good, good call. Good call. So he takes you to the hotel. Hotel Europa um, is very well appointed, uh, beautiful uh, hotel on the inside. The service is excellent. Um, Europa has a, a cafe and a restaurant attached. Um, they're very warm, very inviting. Uh, you can see other people from the Orient Express that are staying here. Um, and it's nice to step into the area that's less bustly than the, uh, than the streets outside. But this is a live city. And the weather here is uh, much better than some of the places that you've been, especially like Trieste. Um, you're, you're down out of the mountains and... Uh, it almost has a slightly springish feel to it. It's still chilly, but it's it's getting green. You can see little wildflowers here and there in gardens popping up, you know, grape hyacinth and uh, so snowdrops warm and things there. like that. Oh, so warm. All right, so you step inside. The concierge um, sets everything up. Uh, you are given. Do you want? Do you want five rooms, or do you want to bunk together at all? Oh, doctor. I wonder if it would not be wise for us to uh, at least uh, share suites, so that no one is too far away in the night. Should there be trouble, as increasingly we have a lot of valuable objects to keep an eye on. Agreed. If we, get, if we get two adjoined rooms and three other adjoined rooms, then we could. Well, uh, I, I don't mind sharing with uh, Theodore. I don't mind keep it. Pleasure. Let's let's say they can give you two very nice suites that are adjoined, that each have two bedrooms in them. Perfect. And the the beds are big, so. Excellent. Because you're used to sharing. Uh, they're very nice. They have balconies over overlooking the street outside. Um, and the smell is very nice, the, very pleasant. The uh, You can smell the restaurant downstairs. It smells wonderful. And you guys settle in. Where do you want to put the uh, your special trunks? <laughs> Maybe uh, the central room? Hey, Block, I cannot hear you. Sorry. Uh, maybe is there are the beds uh, high enough that we could fit the trunk underneath it? Or oh, no, no. Okay. the trunks are about three feet or two two and a half feet high. They're they're I trunks. Mean, they're traveling yeah, trunks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good I'm out, out of the room. I'm going to store it in the closet. When I'm in the room, I'll I'll store it on the bed with me. Okay. Probably not built-in closets, but probably. Style wardrobes. Oh yeah, wardrobes. Oh, okay. If they have keys that come with them, then it's a modicum of security. Uh, the place is uh, looks like a very respectable establishment. I assume. Well, very. Yeah. We would Top be surprised class. if there was any meaningful risk of normal thievery. But of course, every time we enter in a city, we need to look in the the nearest directory for skinless ones incorporated or <laughs> fleshless brethren or something. As butcher they, shops. <laughs> yeah, or just visit the butcher shops with Herr Bloch and have him insult people. <laughs> which worked out very well. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess we divide up the, I mean, I'm lucky in that the pieces that I'm carrying are easily slipped into coat pockets. Uh, but for the for the larger pieces, I think maybe we start two in each of the suites and we make sure we lock them up, throw uh, some of that extra bedding from the foot of the bed over them and put a hat on top, that sort of thing. Just not draw attention. I mean, you can't watch them all the time. Yeah. Uh, and we ask the concierge when we maybe we have lunch, and then we ask the concierge whether this uh, uh, the museum is it museum? Yep, yeah, the yeah. national museum. If it, if this is the sort of place that's open on a Sunday, or we have to wait until tomorrow. Oh, um, it's a good question, but I'm going to say that since a lot of people are not working on Saturdays and Sundays, then. The museum's probably open because people would like to wander around the museum. Um, so we'll say that it is open. All right. Uh, it's open until, uh, yeah, let's see, five o'clock, like, like in the U.S. it would be. Yeah, so we put our things away. We refresh our clothes. Mm -hmm. We look for trap doors, hidden uh, peepholes. We have lunch and then we visit the museum and find our Zadorovich. Yeah, maybe and secure. Yeah, secure our those chests with the with the pieces of the simulacron. Do we have like a like like a way to chain it down to like so you just can't come in and take the case and walk out with it? Like I'm sure there must be some like little ring loops on it so we could just sort of kind of run a couple through there and tie it around. A... Well, I wonder also if the hotel has a storage area for guests where it keeps things that are valuable under lock and key. I don't know if we want to attract the attention. Yeah, I, It almost I like... for sure would have a, a safe, uh, a large safe for people who bring valuable jewelry and stuff like that. Uh, but if you don't think it would be big enough to put a trunk in. Yeah. Mm. I liked your idea, Dr. Curry. So just putting it at the foot of the bed, not draw attention to it. I mean, people have their okay. trunks yeah. in, in the rooms. I mean, but Theodore, if you could come up with something that would work, I mean, you can always. Didn't you guys purchase chains at one point? Yeah, the, the little chains. Yeah. Not like. Like big. in Milan. So you could theoretically chain it to the bed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just so it's so it's very difficult to just take out. And but don't make it overly obvious. Just like if there's a couple ring loops on the on the chests, just sort of chain it through, attach it. There have to be those large handles on the chests for the stevedores to carry them around. Yeah. But that wouldn't necessarily keep them from opening the chest and taking what's inside. Well, but the chests themselves are locked. My goal is is just so they they come into the they room can't. and instead of opening it, okay, they can open it easily, so they'll just walk out with it. Okay. So this is making it so they can't easily walk out with it. So it would detain them for quite a while in the room, giving us an edge. That's okay. And there's no paranoia sitting in whatsoever. None no, whatsoever. No. 
we are rational. If we start, if we start getting strings and empty tin cans, we can set tape them to the windows and the doors. We hear Teller mines, rattling around, bouncy flower all over the floor. Yes. Yeah. Wait, you already uh-huh. did that at one hotel, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Okay. When I'm right. uh, when I'm changing shirts, I'm going to look at my bullet wound. You know, make sure it's not getting infected and you know, not getting red around it. Do a luck roll for me. Okay. Uh, huh. Yeah. Oh, zero five pass. Okay. It's not good. It it's just been a day, so it's yeah. it's still a wound, but it's not getting infected. Yeah, and it's not not getting warmer as if you have an infection in in there. Are you changing the bandage, or are you just looking at the? the no, I'm going to change back? the band change the bandage. I fought in the Great War. I have you know some experience with it. Yeah. So I I kind of assume that you have a a a pad there, and then you have gauze maybe wrapped around. Mm-hmm. to hold it on yeah and i'm also i've got really good first aid i can help you know make sure where you can't reach it's all properly secured and clean and attached mm-hmm. yeah all right so you have a very nice lunch um is there an english paper or a, a german paper that we can see yes. if there's anything kind of flip through there uh, yes, you can read there uh, various things going on in Europe, things about Mussolini back in Italy, um, various other things. Nothing stands out. Yeah. Uh, there's no violent murders or anything like that. Right. And in general, there's you, you've become sensitive to the environment around you as you've traveled through these areas. And um, Belgrade, at least right now, right here on a nice, clear day with a light breeze and the sun shining, it feels more normal than any of the other places you've been. There doesn't seem to be this this, uh, blanket of gloom that's hanging over everything, which seems to be where the other places you've been. Um, it seems bright. People are laughing. People are walking about. People are walking hand in hand on the street. People are enjoying food. Uh, people are like laughing it. and carrying on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I quite enjoy it. It it gives me maybe hope for the the world's future. Maybe the next couple decades of Europe will be happy and bright. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Mussolini can't last forever. No, he's a buffoon. Yeah. And no Soon one... they will recognize that yeah. he's corrupt. Yeah. No one worse than him could come along. No. Uh, uh, should we go check if uh, Professor Smythe has telegrammed us? Yeah, the post was done. I wonder if this is, is this a telegraph office is seven days, not not five days, like the regular post. Yeah, it's oh, usually almost instantaneous. If yeah. Is it message, open on Sundays? Can... Oh, is it open on Sundays? No, it's probably not. Okay. Post so office we'll... wouldn't be. 
we'll need to remember to go check that. Uh, I, I'm starting to lose hope that we're going to get any telegrams from him. We haven't heard from him in a while, but I thought we might check anyway. He knew we would be coming to the city. Yeah, every time we arrive in a new place. Also, though, with the, uh, the explosion and things, there might be interruptions to telegram lines also, or he might expect that we are a few days behind where we are. It would be good to hear from him. So after you finish your lunch, um, uh, pretty much anyone can give you directions on how to get there. You also have the uh, the map. I don't know if it's on the map or not. It is. Um, all right. So you make your way to the uh, Narodni Muzej, which is the national Museum of Serbia. Uh, it is an impressive neo-Gothic edifice. Uh, and uh, once you're inside, there are, you know, sort of donations for the upkeep of the museum. Uh, you're actually surprised uh, that it has a collection of art and sculpture and Byzantine gold to rival the Louvre in, in Paris. Uh, and as you're looking around, this stuff's even in better condition than the stuff at the Louvre. The statues are more, more you know, put together, uh, less damage to them. The the marble's beautiful. Um, you're extremely impressed. Um, so, what are you going to do as you walk around? Um. I mean, when we come in, I'd ask if the curator was around. That's what he was, right? The Dr. Todorovich, he is the, yeah, he's the curator of the museum. Yep. Well, the um, the curator is, is always, always very busy. Um, do you have an appointment? Do you, uh, what, uh, what reason would you have to see the curator? Uh, we are uh, academics uh, working with a uh, English professor who is a uh, friend of his, and he was uh, he recommended that we talk to uh, Doctor uh, Todorovich. Todorovich, uh, thank you. Uh, still, get, still getting the pronunciations down uh, to uh, assist us with our uh, research that we're we're working on. The, this here is a uh, Doctor. Uh, Dr. Kurtz and Dr. Neruda, Bosa is very uh, established uh, doctors in their fields of study. And well, from... wait here, and uh, I'll return to this room. Uh, I will go see what I can do if he's available. And uh, the guy leaves. Um, Looking around some more, uh, there are some exquisite examples of uh, prehistoric sculpture. There's Greek, there's Hellenistic, there's Roman, and there's Byzantine stuff. Um, it's uh, it's it's really it's really really uh, impressive. After 15 minutes or so, uh, the man returns and he says, um, I, I can take you to uh, uh, to Dr. Milovan. Uh, he's uh, 
He's currently quite busy, mm. but uh, you say you are a friend of a friend, so uh, I'll take you there. Ah, he takes you. you uh, he takes you down a corridor, around a corner, down some stairs, uh, uh, heading towards the back of the museum. Uh, there are large windows that let in a lot of light, and eventually uh, you are shown through a door. Um, the room is very large. Uh, there is a desk and there are a number of bookcases to one side, but, uh, what's really lovely is there are some very large windows and, uh, there is a very large statue, which, um, a man is, uh, partly on a scaffolding, uh, and he is. Uh, working meticulously on the statue. Uh, looks like he's restoring it at the moment. Um, and uh, as the man shows you into the room, he just points at uh, the man who's working. He says, uh, 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 Dr. Todorovich, the, these are the people I was telling you about. Uh, he doesn't look down. He's just like, yes, yes, just a moment. He's working on this. Um Either one, any one of you who has some archaeology or art, uh, you can see the statue that he's working on. I want to see if you can, uh, you, you can roll it to see if you can identify the statue. So close. That's just missed by a few. Do you want to spend some luck? I will not spend 72 down to 45. <laughs> So what what was we rolling if we were Ar archaeology or or, or art uh, appropriate art? Uh, yeah. Well, archaeology is my um. Yeah, I will spend the five luck to pass because I I have seventy. I rolled a seventy five, so I spent the five luck to pass. Okay, the statue that he's working on is this, and uh, it is in absolutely exquisite condition. Uh, the particular uh, form is it's Venus, uh, but it is called the um, uh, Capitoline Venus, which means the Venus of modesty, because she's covering herself up. Um, it's quite beautiful. The uh, the restoration of it is exquisite. The marble almost glows with life. It looks like a person standing there, covered in fine white powder um and he says uh you're you're also guessing maybe fourth century bc hmm. uh, wow. so uh, as he stops he says well then um he turns around and he looks down and he says oh there's five of you um um what was this about again and he moves over and starts climbing down from the scaffolding we were advised that um, we should speak to you by Julian Smythe in London. Oh, yes, Julian, yes. Yeah. Uh, he was concerned with some uh, artifacts associated with uh, ancient Turkey that have been uh, dispersed by commerce and looting over the centuries. Do you have any I, idea uh, what we refer to? 
not particularly, but um, I, I, I just read in the paper uh, uh, maybe a, a week or two ago about a fire. Is he all right? Yes, he's, he is all right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I want yes, to call psychology. Good call. Okay. Psychology. I just want to yes. see if he's probing for information for nefarious purposes or if he's gen genuinely concerned about his friend. 19 is a pass. You you think that he does look genuinely concerned, um, but he doesn't necessarily look at the five of you with any particular trust at the moment. He doesn't know who you are, mm -hmm. and name dropping doesn't impress him. Um, Is are uh, we are we alone with him? Yes. Yeah. The, there is. The matter of our academic inquiry involves a very obscure religious group that has its origins um, in the ancient Near East. Oh, well, he, he I, I would say he looks like he's about 48. Um, he's, well, I'm not sure what I could do to help you on that. I, I'm an expert in... Uh, Classical and Byzantine statuary. Well, that's this is this is. Um, well, then you might be quite interested. The the matter of our inquiry involves a relig a religious artifact. In fact, a statue that was believed oh. to have originated in Constantinople, and All we right. had documents placing it in the city, um, both at the time of the Byzantine Empire. Or in the empire ends of the of the city within the Byzantine Empire, and later when the during the Crusades, in this city, in Constantinople, ah, in, in Constantinople. Well, there's lots Have of you, statuary. Uh, do you, are you aware of the name Sedefkar? Means nothing to me. Is he the artist? The he is the one who is believed to have created the statue. Yes. Oh, um, it doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Um, it sounds uh, that uh, Turkish. Yes. The name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what? What? Uh, when? When did he build this? Uh, the, the, the statue? Do you know the time? There. The, this is this is part of what we're trying to solidify because you see, there's there's some arguments uh, in the academic literature about the precise origin of the statue in question. Some people believe that Sedefkar himself. Um, sculpted it, but some believe that he got it from an and it older has, it, artist. But it it, it, it was around in great religious significance and was present in the Byzantine Empire. I, I'm afraid to consult you. I'm afraid going on that there's there's any of a hundred thousand statues that that could refer to. Mm -hmm. Um. This the particular stat statue is not of any Greco-Roman or Abrahamic religiosity. This is a again. This is a very obscure and old religious group. Mm -hmm. They worship some entity called the Skinless One. Well, while well, Doctor Neruda 
is speaking of this as mm-hmm. these words are coming out. I'm going to go to the door that we came in through mm-hmm. and just sort of check to make sure no one's eavesdrop- eavesdropping on this. Okay. There's nobody out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stay there, though. Okay. I want privacy. Yeah. I, I Do say- you have any... What we would really like is to get to the point. Um, again, it's this is rather obscure uh, matter, but we would like to do some examinations of your collection of Byzantine statuary to see if we can find any. You're most welcome to. It is a museum. Mm-hmm. Um. The statue that we're looking for, it was purposely broken up into parts. So we're actually only looking for a small part of the statue, either an arm or the head. And it tends to look almost porcelain instead of marble, which makes it quite unique, actually. And you're you're here on behalf of Professor Smythe? Yes. Indeed, indeed. Um, uh, um, are you affiliated with any other museums? I, just the one in uh, Arkham, uh, the Miskatonic Museum. The university? Yes, yeah. Miskatonic University. Um, uh, you know, gentlemen, um, I'm I'm not exactly sure what you're asking me. Um, if I knew of such a thing, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to purchase it or or remove it um, from any collection that's here. After World War One, Belgrade put a big lockdown on any artifacts being removed from the country. Uh, they stole so much. Um, you would have to get a uh, pretty solid permit from uh, from the government to uh, acquire and or I mean, even if you attempted to purchase such a thing here, um, they wouldn't let it out of the country unless you had proper papers. Well, we're, we're here to examine and research. We're not necessarily here to assemble or collect. Well, you're certainly welcome to look about. And uh, if you... Uh, I, I don't know what you're you're hoping for. Uh, you can tell he seems very suspicious of you. Mm-hmm. Not not like he's a cultist, but like you yeah. might be from a rival museum, or you might be a collector, and you're trying to steal stuff from his country. And he doesn't trust you. You want to do anything to alleviate his distrust? I mean, uh, I don't even know what your credentials actually are. You can fake credentials. Hey, Dorian, our, our resident archaeologist. Yes. Uh, hmm. Oh, you That's know okay. what? I could back you up, Dorian, because uh, my family, the, the Thursbys, are uh, great patrons uh, of, of 
research and universities. So this might be a good combination. The Thursby family will make a massive donation to the museum. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, um, I will actually... As, 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 that, that could be read as a bribe, but... I, I will know. just start talking random archaeology nonsense to him just to kind of... I, I'll get him onto a broad topic and then I will to kind of... Start. Well, you you can do a persuade role. I mean, let's say you're talking about the statue that he's working on and yes. you seem to show your expertise as to what that might be. Okay. Um, that will... Um, well, I I just barely succeeded my persuade role. So. Okay, I mean he seems to soften a bit. Um, any of other connections with archaeology or? Uh, I I'll then link it into Miskatonic University, and I will mention Theodore Thursby's family and uh, how they have helped. Well, and, I will lie. And, and, and I'm friends no, with uh, 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 Yasmina and uh, what was her last name? Morick. Morich. And her fa- father, Dr. Morick. Who was recently involved uh, in a scandal of people worried that they're going to smuggle stuff out of the country. That, uh, that though, will get yeah. you a big persuade role. If okay. you talk about Yasmina, because he knows them. I oh, will yeah. back. He doesn't I know Dragonair's dead. But... I will back yeah. you. You can. I will. I'll assist. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll talk. I'll talk about how Yasmina thought I was very uh, heroic and uh, quite a. Uh... Because I sort of do know Dragonair. So... Yeah, you did. You do know Dragonair. I do know so Dragonair. That... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do so... know Dragonair. So. With that, he softens up quite a bit. Um, he becomes more or less convinced of your academic, uh, that you are academics, not not fakes. Um, however, uh, he tells you that um, uh, the museum has acquired some beautiful pieces over over the years. You're you're welcome to look through his collection, including the stuff in the back rooms. Um, how, I mean, do you describe, you said you, porcelain, um, yeah. porcelain like, but not, you know, well, not an expert on what I, it is. I, I'm not exactly sure what mm-hmm. you are describing. Um, do you said it's part of pieces from, uh, an original statue? Uh, do you have? Photographs of the original statue. Do you have you know, something to give me a little more? I I can get on? you fo- photographs of it. I don't have them on me. I understand. Um, we would, from what our research would has told us, when it was removed prior to history, it was the statue itself was broken apart during the French uh, Revolution. Um. And what was scattered during the Napoleonic? Uh, well, we understand how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody wants a piece of history, and they oh. scatter things to the wind. Um, 
so if if you have records of when things were acquired, um, that could give us a good place to start. If anything, oh yes, we have, came to we the have museum complete records. Um, complete records of everything is cataloged. Um, there are a number of other people that I might be able to point you in the direction that are that are also experts. We have um, we have uh, some of our finest pieces. Uh, which I'd, I'd be glad to show you. You see, this area, this area of the world, was uh, originally settled by the Celts, uh, and then later the Romans took over the area. There are so many pieces of statuary and temples and things like that, some of them completely obscure, out in the woods, hidden away, Um that are that continually become a source of uh, of beautiful archaeological pieces. You know, people plow their fields and suddenly run across the statue. Uh, happens all the time. I have a supplier. Uh, he's uh, he's a, you know a ways out there, but uh, um, I'm not exactly sure that he's the actual supplier. But he's my intermediary um might be able to provide you with a good deal of information on on pieces that go through uh the city um however um i i have to act as uh, a professional and despite that you've somewhat convinced me of who you are and who you uh, you are affiliated with and i have deep respect for professor julius smythe um I need you to get permits. Um, you'll have to go to the Bureau of National Treasures. Um, you'll have to get, uh, you know, signed and, and documentation uh, showing that you're not just, uh, that you have permission, uh, in which case that, that, that'll that open me up for you. Uh, uh -huh. But I can't just willy-nilly, you know, give you things or or let you see do things i can let you see what we have yeah uh, right but uh i'm fairly certain uh professor torovich if you had seen a piece of this particular artifact uh it would be memorable to you the finish is very unusual we're not entirely sure how it's composed even though the yes. limbs are severed from each other they are very cleanly severed not as broken off as is common when statues are damaged over periods of great history yes uniquely patterned it uh, sounds fascinating yes and i would very much like to help you but i uh, don't no, i don't believe we will be happy to provide uh, to go through your local channels and also provide you with some photographs of what we have seen although i do not know that photographs would be sufficient to explain to you the uniqueness of the character however i'm certain with a man a man with your eye working on a restoration as magnificent as this would not have seen this object and not recognized it for something unusual so i am assuming that it's not in your holdings uh this supplier you mentioned we should spoke to speak to the bureau before we speak to the supplier or maybe we make inquiries beforehand as we are not necessarily, after all, even interested in collecting, but observing these pieces in situ. I, I, I don't want to give out any of that information until I am sure that you have 
permission. Yeah. Understandable. You have uh, to guard your national treasures, as we all do. The world is full of looters and collectors and the like. Uh, well, we uh, and you uh, seem uh, you seem very very legitimate. I just I I'm I'm tied. Yes, certainly. Yeah, and 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 Mr. Smythe was recently injured. He's we're not in touch with him at the moment, so we can't ask him to telegram telegraph you in the morning and so on. It's yeah, these things are complex. Uh, our documents are in order, so we should have little trouble with the bureaucracy if your bureaucracy is above board, as I hope it well, is. Well, they they should be fine. Uh, the um, uh, you will have to give them some sort of uh, cre- you know credentials to prove who you are. But uh, is uh, there anyone? Luck, yeah, is there someone in the office in particular we can speak to who is more educated? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I well, imagine well, you're it's just a clerk or or somebody who runs the office. Mm-hmm. Um. That will be um, uh, huh. um, it should be it shouldn't be too far from the train station where the that the bureaucratic offices are. Okay. While we are enjoying your historic city, is there anything you recommend in particular? Oh outside of this one. museum? Oh um, well, there's the university library, and there's the uh, the uh, the Belgrade. Uh, I'm sorry, the National Library of Serbia. Um, both very fine collections. And he gives his mother. He says you should go see the the castle. Um, yeah, yeah. Is I saying that correctly? Kalamegdan, Kale, yeah, Kalamegdan Fortress. It's a fortress more than a castle. Um, it's very old, very beautiful. Um, and enjoy the weather. It's very nice lately. Yeah, we've had some early spring winter in our travels, so it is pleasant to come to a place that seems to be a bit uh, on the thaw. Well, if there's... We've taken up enough of the professor's time, I think. Yep. You've been very gracious. Hopefully we'll speak soon. Uh, hopefully so, yes. And uh, he stands there and watches as you leave. And you imagine that after you've left, he goes right back to the statue and continues working. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, do you want to look around the museum? Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I mean, the... I like to look around, especially like where they would keep kind of um, the scrolls, you know, maybe a manuscript from Turkish areas. You know, I doubt we'll find in here, but uh, take a look and see if there's anything there. How long do you want? How long do you want to look around here? You you got here a little afternoon. Yeah, we came directly from lunch, so we might as well. Yeah. Town halls. Yeah, and town hall's not going to be open today. It's Sunday, so yeah, a few hours. So yeah, yeah, you spend you spend until five o'clock, you know. Um, and as I say, you're very impressed. Uh, the The collection is beautiful. Um, uh, mm-hmm. A lot of pieces that you've never heard of. They're just like 
not in the standard, you know, art book that you get from the store. Um, but uh, some examples are better than the ones, like I say, that you've seen at the Louvre. Mm, this is interesting. All right. And so five o'clock rolls around. This, the museum's closing. You all leave the museum. What would you like to do? Mm -hmm. I don't imagine that the nightlife on a Sunday is very hopping. No, but it's it's not bad. Restaurants are open. Um, people enjoy the evenings walking about. It's a little chilly. People dress warmly. But uh, after the Bora, it's... Uh, it's yeah. quite pleasant. Oh. Theodore oh. walks around in a bikini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, a very, a very nice bikini. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a stroll. The uh, it looks like, according to the map, it the fortress that Kelamegdon fortress is not too much further from here. Uh, looks like maybe. A couple blocks to the uh, park that's around it. Maybe there's a nice little cafe nice. there. We can kind of see this fortress that everyone keeps. Yes, one I, defin I definitely want to, because that is where the dreaming thing is. Yeah, oh, the, of dreaming. Yeah. So you stroll over in that direction, and as uh, as evening is coming on, they've got it well lit up. Uh, I've got daytime pictures, uh, but uh, this is. Uh, Colin Macdon Castle. Mm -hmm. Or Colin Macdon Fortress up on a hill. Uh, there wow. is a beautiful garden, not quite on that level of blooming at the moment, but <laughs> you do see a lot of people sitting on the grass, uh, eating sandwiches and uh, chatting and walking about on strolls. Uh, it seems like quite a pleasant place. Uh, the hill, the hillock uh, that this garden is on, uh, yeah, is called the uh, the Hill of Dreaming. Hmm. And the legend is is that uh, uh, people who fall asleep there often seem to transport themselves into another world. Very pleasant place. Time for a picnic. Mm. Yes, time for a little picnic. So do we find a little place to get some sandwiches and a cup sure. of some excellent? Some some uh, sandwiches, coffee, bottle of wine, yeah. We yeah. have warm coats after all, we've been traveling. See when when I heard the tight when I heard the name of his garden, it seemed so uh I don't know. We've had our own experiences. Yeah. I mean, and I just thought it was odd. I hadn't heard of this before, and I've heard of many landmarks. And... Uh, and Gabriel and I haven't practiced professionally for a few weeks or days. A mm -hmm. few days. It's days. been a day or two <laughs> since last we applied our dream, dream lawyering. Who knows how time works in that different exactly. place, but you know, I think my curiosity gets the better. Is this really a connection? Oh, if, I mean, 
the worst that happens we have a uh, a pleasant evening out which is something that's been few and far between yes we haven't had yes we haven't had many of them let's enjoy our sandwiches Mm. and our tea well I'm guessing that despite the fact that it is quite comfortable sitting there and enjoying your food it is a little chilly so if you're thinking of trying to fall asleep, that's probably not yes. going to happen. Hey, hey. Except Thursby is really no, comfortable. No, <laughs> lovely. I can just but, stretch out here. He could have enough. a nice. He could have a nice little nap while the rest of us are free. Yeah, I'll finish my salami and mozzarella sandwich. Of course, all, right. all this time I'm. Uh... As pleasant as the evening is, I am looking around, uh, making sure that there's not anyone paying attention much to attention us. To you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there is. Um, Theodore, do you want to roll a? I don't know what we call it. Constitution roll to see if you fall asleep. Certainly. And that that is a fifty-eight out of. A uh, seventy-five, so that is a standard pass. You want to fall asleep? Uh, yeah, I would mind. To, yeah, kind of. The food's good in your belly. You're comfortable. You uh, you drift off into sleep, and the rest of you notice that he's snoring a bit, and uh, hmm. you guys are you guys yourselves can't quite fall asleep, but. Uh, uh, after 15 minutes, you guys are, 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 uh, are eating, uh, suddenly, uh, Theodore, uh, opens up his eyes. He's got a big smile on his face and, uh, tells you that, uh, Henry's doing pretty good. That somehow he ended up back in Ulther and, uh, he waited for Henry on the, on the, platform and the uh mimi pulled up and he got off to greet the guests and wouldn't let you on the train but he was willing to chit chat with you for a bit it's it's true it's true this place is some bizarre connection to where we all slumbered off to before hmm. Hmm. Ah, so you got you got to see Henri and mimi once again yes Oh. It was it was wonderful, but I'm I'm perplexed as to how does an area channel such a such a transformation from worlds. What about there's a statue in the middle of the? Is there a statue in the middle of the garden? Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of statues around, but. It's a picture. I don't, G- I don't given know Tom's is. very nonchalant <laughs> response, I think that is very, very important that we analyze yes. every inch of every statue. <laughs> that Next. third rose from the left is very yeah. red. Yes. Yeah, so maybe there are some pockets of reality for though that uh, allow us to escape into the dreaming world. Was my uh, my dancing uh friend there the 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 beautiful dancer was she's was she so did you see her no but you did oh. i mean there were new guests and there were cats and the cats are quite friendly towards all of you well towards you see so, yeah, yeah. you were there by yourself and i said 
Meow, meow, meow. To them. Oh, why'd you insult them? I believe I believe they just can communicate with you in the dreamlands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've been working on my cat, my the accents. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. In. All right. So it gets a little chillier. You go home mm-hmm. or you go back to the, the hotel. Um, maybe later you have a pleasant dinner, have drinks, um, uh, and eventually you wind down and go to bed. Nothing eventful happens in the night um, unless you guys want to do something in the evening. Uh, all of your ailments, uh, especially those associated with Sedevkar, they do seem slowly but surely to be getting worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, my leg. I can barely move my leg. It's mm. starting to become annoying. Um. So, just to bed next day? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys get a fairly good, decent sleep. Um, I would like you. I would like you to roll your sanity. Yeah. No. Nothing says a good night sleep like a sanity roll. <laughs> pass. Ooh, I passed it. I I failed. I'm the light. Pass. Um. So who passed? Uh, everybody except uh, Dorian. Yes, except um, me. Okay, those of you who passed, I will give you a 1d6 addition to your sanity. Oh, that is a nice have I could have really done with that. <laughs> I'll give you one point back, Dorian. I got oh, one I point. Six. Oh, I rolled we well. Oh. Don't yeah. say this out loud, Theodore. Don't don't <laughs> you'll jinx yourself. So the next uh, morning comes. Um the uh uh breakfast is served, it's delicious. Uh and then you're what were you going to do uh this morning? Nine o'clock before anything starts to open. How's my shoulder feeling? It still hurts. Mm-hmm. It went through the muscle, so it's it's pretty sore. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, do a. Why don't you? You're going to check your bandage. Do a luck roll. Yep. Rip it back open. All that walking around and everything. Uh, that is a fail. Uh, may I assist, please? Because I've been very conscious of making sure his bandages are, you know, and I'm well adapted to that. Well, in this case, he's just checking to see how it's doing. Oh, okay. And I'm going to say that it's a little red this morning. Mm. It could be the beginnings of an infection. Okay. Yeah. Then with that, I uh, will uh, inquire with Thursby about how how my, uh, if he would like to take a look at it. I know. Sure, yeah. I, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's hard to tell. Usually when you've got a wound like that, you do experience a bit of necrosis where the uh, the damaged skin begins to die, and that's what leaves the scar. In this case, um, you don't see any like radiant, radial red coming out of it, like tetanus or anything, but yeah, be careful. Yeah, maybe. If it gets any worse. Yeah. Is it really hot? If we applied like touch around it um that's that pretty sensitive really, gunter really warm mm, feels yep. yeah it feels warm don't push so hard on it oh <laughs> yeah I, i'm sorry yeah yeah we need to yeah keep a sharp eye on this and if this doesn't get there in a day or so uh then uh we may have to get you to the hospital yeah Let's get some penicillin the hospital, yeah. Did we do penicillin yet? That's I don't interesting. Think, I don't think it was. We don't have no. antibiotics yet. Dirty, rotten, nineteen twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty, rotten. Best things that were available at this point were also just poisons. <laughs> we killed Arsenic, everything. Yeah. Mercurical. Hey, if you. Hey, if you kill if you kill the infection, you know. Kill the host, you kill the infection. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Scorched earth. Hmm. All right. So what's your first stop today? I we think we did the standard uh test. Uh, we checked the we checked for a, a newspaper or we checked the telegram. All right. Um there is no telegram. Uh, you don't see anything interesting in the newspaper. Um, you feel a little heartened. Maybe you found a city that's not infected with the, the skinless one people. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, do we, though? Or do we feel extra suspicious because things seem so pleasant here and yeah. orderly? Oh, you do occasionally see somebody in a fez, but that's still a fashion thing. We are in the east. I told that uh, wretched lad to come and take us to the castle after lunch, or take us to lunch and at the castle, but well, we don't have to wait. I guess some of us could go and deal with uh, bureaucracy to make the professor happy. Uh, I guess uh, Thursby with his money and Dubrovsky uh, with his credentials. Yes, I, I better go because I am the archaeologist and it makes more sense to them to give me the permits over. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Not yeah. to me. <laughs> okay. So you head on over to the area where there are uh, government buildings. Um, do either one of you speak Serbo Croatian or Slovene? No. No. Uh, French. Got uh, Albanian, Russian. Arabic, uh, Italian, Polish, and then English. French, Italian. English. Uh, German? No German? No, I am. All right. Pol I'm Polish. I well, am it's Polish. those two went, right? The rest of you didn't go. Yeah, me and Fyodor uh, went. All right. Oh. So what ends up happening Jeez. is... You keep talking to these people. They either don't understand what you're saying or 
They don't want to understand what you're saying. And you start to get the runaround. Uh, you go to this building, to that window. You talk to those people. They give you the runaround. Um, trying to find this place becomes a nightmare. Uh, do a, You can both do luck rolls. Oh, God, this is also my worst. <laughs> 20. Oh, I nailed it. 20. I, I okay. picked time. I, I'm glad you did because I, I did not. <laughs> Okay, so it's going to take you about three hours before you finally track down the building that you need to be in. Um, uh, As it turns out, the Bureau of National Treasures is a small office at the end of a long corridor down steps that appear to lead to the building's furnace room. Um, the office has a single occupant, a young undersecretary, um, looks like he's maybe in his early twenties, but what, go ahead. With, with such a good luck roll, could I also have the brilliant idea of calling back to our hotel and asking for someone with a couple more languages under their belt to meet us at this lovely address. Sure. Someone who speaks German, <laughs> not probably not Gunter. Well, oh, let's, uh, let's, please. let's combine that with a luck roll to <laughs> see if Kurz, Block and, uh, and Aruda actually stayed in the room <laughs> and didn't decide to wander around. So why not, why don't one of you, Guys, run your luck. Ninety-seven. <laughs> it's a beautiful spring day, don't you think? That's yes. yeah. <laughs> so it rings and rings, but the, there's no answer. Or maybe this person will speak a little Polish, and we might get somewhere. Yeah. Only brought Dushan. <laughs> well, he actually speaks limited English. Uh, his name tag is Velia Radi. But the one thing that disconcerts you when you look at him is he seems to have a red birthmark that comes and splits his face almost in half, this skin looking quite a bit different than this skin on this side. I can't judge a book by its cover, but uh, as I say in my head, in in my head, I'm saying (laughs) Now, that being said, he seems to be quite pleasant. He doesn't get very many visitors. Um, reminds you of other officials that you've had to deal with over the course of this adventure. Yes. Um, seems a little over-talkative, though he's, his English is not very good. Uh, he speaks a little Polish. Uh, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Uh, what do you need? Uh, we would like uh, some... Uh, Official documents for uh, for the uh, museum. Um, we are archaeologists from uh, Miskatonic University. We are working, well, I am, this is my colleague. Um, we are working with a man called Julia Smythe, and uh, we would like to get access to some of the more uh, off-limit bits in the museum, and we were told we needed the right permits, and that is what I am here for. Do you have documentation proving any of this? Yes, I have. Okay. 
Do a do a persuade roll. Let's uh, go. Uh, I will uh, spend one point of luck to succeed that. I am slowly running out of luck, but it's fine. Um, he looks this over. He does some uh, checking. Um, and then he comes back to you and he says, well, yes, uh, it should be quite simple. Um, uh, the, uh, the cost is 15 pounds. Uh, and I can get this paperwork processed for you. Uh, it might take a uh, it might take a day to uh, get this to you. Okay. Uh, but uh, you, you can uh, you can pick it up uh, tomorrow. Um, let's say around noon. I'll have it uh, all ready for you. Okay, thank it you. Takes your payment. Uh, what is what is your name, sir? I just so. Uh, his name is Velia Radi, uh, V L E J A Radi, A R. I'm sorry, R A D I Radi. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how. I, I want to try to communicate to Thursby to see if he can use his medical knowledge on a scar on his face because I'm just intrigued if it's. A birthmark or an actual scar, or but I don't have the medical knowledge to really, and I don't think I could discreetly. Yeah, I, get a I don't. Check. I, I don't have medical. I I've got first aid, so I'm great at yeah. patching things up. But with I don't think I have really any knowledge. My my field is either archaeology or the mind, <laughs> so that does not help. But... Well, I guess you could do a spot hidden. I need like that next, not an extreme, a hard. Oh, two. Oh, this is the best roll. I need day an extreme ever. for you to pass that. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that's I, extreme. I'm glad I didn't roll. <laughs> it's it's not unlike birthmarks that you've seen before. Okay. It's not attractive. It's dark, but it's not like a scar or a. It's you're pretty sure that's his skin. Okay. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Somewhat unfortunate. Uh, could I do a just out Could I do a psychology? I'm still. Uh, could I do a psychology role throughout our entire conversation just to to see what sure. kind of? Okay, thirty-seven out of sixty-eight. That's, yeah. That's... It seems pretty normal. You do. He he does chit chat a lot. Um. You you do get the impression that uh, he's mentioned things. You know, he asks you, of course, little chit-chatty things, where are you from and all of that. But at the same time, he seems to throw in a lot of stuff about the destitute village that he comes from and all of that, as if he's asking if you... <laughs> but you do have legitimate credentials, so he has to give you what you want anyway. Yeah, I might, yeah, I might slip him a tip anyway, just for, I'm a generous That's person. very nice. Of um, anyways, you'll, they'll be ready for you tomorrow. Um, and meanwhile, after, since it's getting closer to lunch, you're probably going to want to go and meet um, Doshan. 
which would have been useful to have him then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So lunch rolls around, and Doshan shows up at the Europa, uh, and he picks you up, and uh, he takes you. He's not picking you up. He's, your guys are walking. Uh, but uh, he takes you first to a very nice little restaurant. Um, and then uh, you've already told him that you just, you've already gone to Calamagdan. Uh, is there any place else you'd like to see? You mentioned yesterday that you like to go shopping. Would you like to go to the, uh, the, uh, the bazaar? Oh, yeah. I, you can find all kinds of unique things at a bazaar. All kinds of things. We have we have a lot of culture here that all, all comes together at the bazaar. You can uh you can uh, what what sort of things do you like? Clothing, uh object to art, uh art. Have your fortunes told. You could nah. there's a large population of uh uh Chigani. Um, I think you say uh, Romani or Romani or Gypsy, yeah, Gypsy wanderers, wandering people, yeah, yeah, they don't wander so much around here, they they stay put, but they wander a bit. Um, you have to be careful because there's pickpockets, so put your put your money in your front pocket and keep your hand in your front pocket. Well, when you with you are when you are with us, we know that, uh, you have eyes on all the little stealing urchins. They're not all small. Sometimes they will distract you. One person will distract you while the other one slips his hand into your pocket. There's even a case where I've seen a, a, a woman throw her baby into the air, expecting you to catch it, so that while the other man takes your money out of your back mm -hmm. pocket. So they're quite, you, uh, quite ruthless. So, Shant, I say when you first came up, I wondered whether you were the master of the pickpockets who ah. came to get our trust. Yes, I have a whole tribe of little the evil demons that uh, run around and yeah. provide me with loot. Yes, that's very funny. You take the big pot and distribute it amongst your little gangster <laughs> friends. When the um, so rich meet the poor, there are always tricks to separate the rich from the other money. What... Uh... What sort of things do you like to shop for? Clothes. Yeah, art. Yes. Art. Art. Um, books. 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 Yes, most of the books, though, won't be in English. They will be in... Uh, That's okay. We are an international um, group. We study different languages, among other things. Yeah, I would like to see the bazaar that has the most unusual pieces in it. Not so much yesterday's cutlery uh, and bits of coins and boxes, but yes, I'd you know there are. This this is a very uh, rich place in heritage. Uh, there are many things you can find. Uh, you know, uh, pots and things that aren't the average uh, thing that you would find in in a, a bazaar, but uh, real antiquities, things like that. If says you can sometimes find those. Uh, even statues, if you have a big house and want statues, and uh, we can find all of that. We'll have fun. Yes, yes. And so you go to the bazaar. Um, it's in the Turkish quarter of the city. 
Uh, it's along the outside of the walls of the citadel. It's crowded. It's pungent. Uh, it's raucous. Uh, it's a hive of commerce, gossip, and crime. Mm. Um, there are hundreds of permanent covered stalls, and thousands of people wander between them, pushing, yelling, cajoling, laughing, uh, pounding, weighing, and uh, absently uh, scratching themselves. Um, you can smell perfumes, fruit, herbs, meat, spice, tobacco, motor oil, and horse manure uh, mm. throughout, everywhere in the, in the place. And as you're going along, he, he he takes you to certain things based on your taste, if you like clothing. Um, and he always seems to have an in with the shopkeeper to get you the best deals and so forth. And then you come to a part of the uh, bazaar where there is uh, uh, more of the uh, Romani. Uh, there are, there's fortune tellers, um, that sort of entertainment going on. Uh, do you have any interest? I mean, I have. No, a, I'm, I'm interested in any sort of religious or occult practices. As I completely step over Keith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm interested in watching it because I'm always being a magician. I'm fascinated, kind of, by the uh, showmanship and how they can read people. And so he takes you. Uh, uh, Doshan takes you to a little uh, covered, you know, stall, uh, and uh, he he tells the boy behind the the desk. He says, uh, "We have somebody who wants to have their fortune read," um, and very mysteriously, he goes into the back for a few moments. Then he comes back out and says, uh, "Well, you know, which one of you wants to have his fortune told?" I would. You guys want to watch? Oh, yes. Yes. I'll, I'll come inside. And uh, you step inside. And uh, the stall is made up, you know, with tapestries and things hanging down, much like you'd expect. There's a small table in the middle of it, a little round table. And uh, he, he sits you, Dr. Uh, Neruda at the, the table and there are chairs around the outside so he sets you guys all down in the chairs and then he goes and he pulls on a cord and the, the curtain parts and an old woman comes out um, uh, dressed exactly like you'd expect a fortune teller to. She comes out uh, she has a shawl uh, she carries in her hand a, a basket and inside the basket there are eggs uh, and as she comes out, you see accompanying her a, uh, a chicken. Uh, the chicken is black um, with a bright red comb. Uh, it comes out. It seems concerned that she's got the eggs in the basket. And uh, she sets the eggs down next to her seat. And uh, the chicken sort of protects them a bit, you know. 
Um, and she pulls out a box, a wooden box. It's ornate. She opens it, and there is a large needle inside. And uh, she says uh, she says something in uh, Serbo-Croatian. Um, and uh, Doshan says, uh, uh, she asks, uh, um, how far away have you come from? Uh, I came from, uh, uh, that's an interesting question. I'm originally from uh, Argentina. And she doesn't know where that is, uh, uh, but uh, she smiles. And, uh, she she reaches down and she picks one of the eggs up. And the chicken, once again, just doesn't look so happy that she's doing this. But she picks up the egg. And she has you hold, she holds out her hand for you to put your hand in hers. And she places the egg in your hand and she chants something quietly. You don't know, you don't know the language. Um, then she takes the egg, she holds it up and she walks around you three times counterclockwise and then holds this over that little box that she's got. She takes the needle and she pokes a hole in it, pokes a hole in the other side, and then she blows the contents out into the box. So the, the, the slime of the egg lands in the box and she looks at it. And I'm, I'm not going to go through all the translating back and forth. This is what she says and it's translated. She looks at it and she says, It would seem that you have traveled here for one reason, uh, but you have stayed here for another reason. And she looks up at you. She says, You seek something that was once whole, but is now apart. And it's a very long journey that you're on. And she looks at you, and she looks at the egg. She looks at the chicken. She looks at the egg. There are three that have opposed you. Two of them are known, and one is secret. The secret one is the most dangerous of all. She looks at you. She says, iron is your metal. Iron is safe for you. Iron will bring you protection in the future. There is a man who you think is a friend, but you're mistaken. You will meet three more who are as old as mankind. That's all I can see. She says. I do not know what this means, but it means something to you. Yes. Um, I will pay extra and leave 
ashen-faced and pale. <laughs> <laughs> I I will tip the woman on your behalf. Even I'll even add extra to your extra. <laughs> um, like the rest of you to do spot hiddens. Extreme again. A hard success. Only regular. All right. Um, those of you who were watching the whole time, that black chicken kept staring intently at Dabrowski. Oh. And that's where we're going to end no, it for fuck. tonight. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake. Now I feel now. <laughs> I have kicking man after me now. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood, with yours truly as the keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you would like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure to the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm-hmm.